This is a news roundy podcast and you're listening to NL Playoffs. Hello, welcome to NL Playoffs. My name is Gautam. I have with me my co-host Aniket. Aniket, say namaste. Hello world. This is episode 15. Aniket, we are at another 5 uh, multiples. So we are we've officially crossed the 2 week uh, episode number. We are recording this on the 26th of February at around 9:15 a.m. India time. A happy 10 years to News Laundry. Uh, I don't think we got a chance to say this yet. It's been 10 years since uh, News Laundry was born. So congratulations to the whole team. Uh, I know Aniket and me are uh, extremely delighted to be a very 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 small part of this organization with this podcast, but um i have seen uh, the organization grow from uh, humble beginnings all those years ago to what it is now the way news laundry started and what and the game they are playing is typically called the infinite game right so it's playing the game for the extremely long run where the odds are stacked against you where people initially say it can't be done and then you show them how it can be done and there is a larger value system associated with not taking advertising so you're yeah. playing what is called the infinite game and you're changing uh, you're changing the rules right because there are no rules in infinite game aniket how are you doing and how has your uh, sports weeks been the last 2 or 3 weeks here so we're counting every episode aren't we gotham oh i am counting for sure <laughs> yeah uh, i've been doing uh, all right as good as you can do in these crazy times so uh, the sports week has been rather interesting because uh, a lot of things are happening on different uh, fronts but Nevertheless sports keeps us engaged so we have something to talk about yeah definitely um uh, you know uh, just just before we uh, go through the the headlines uh, i know which you'll do in a little bit uh, you know i just want to talk about the role of crowd noise aniket you know how it's different in different sports right so when you see uh, most of the other games like let's say cricket let's say football let's say um pick anything uh, you american football or basketball there's always this crowd noise there's always people shouting yelling uh, if you are if you are playing basketball you the crowd is trying to distract you from behind the backboard uh, if it's cricket there's always noise right uh, while in tennis or golf for that matter people people encourage you or people kind of look down upon you if you make even a slight noise or if you cheer anybody in in in, in the middle of a point or in the middle of a golf swing right uh, now I understand I know Abhijit brought this up too which was very interesting where he said the margin of error is very little when it comes to tennis uh, or golf for that matter because you are aiming at a particular hole or you know the margins are very very thin when it comes to tennis because you have to stay within the lines when you're hitting a shot. Uh I don't know if I agree with that. I just want to get your thoughts on it because even if it's cricket the margin of error is pretty low if you're facing a 150 kilometers per hour bretley or shoaib akhtar right if you're a batsman and you still have a lot of noise surrounding you or even let's say if you're taking a uh, like a penalty kick at the 93rd minute to win a world cup final right you still have a lot of noise coming through the still margin of error is pretty low so do you think it's there is a bit of a double standard when it comes to different sports with crowd noise actually uh, it's a good question and uh, 
my initial response was maybe yes but then thinking slightly deeply about it and i'm think just now i got your question so uh, i'd like to categorize crowd noise in two varieties right one is like team sport and the other is individual sport so when you say team sport you mean cricket basketball football and uh the other sports and then you have uh, individual sports like tennis badminton golf table tennis the difference i see is in a team sport in general there is some sort of noise going around anyways that's generated a by the players itself and then there's a crowd too and typically what happens is in in these team sports the uh, arena is huge right uh, whereas in a sport like badminton or uh, table tennis or tennis uh, even golf for that matter you know you're really close to the players and uh, here's where the point you brought up comes into play where the margin of error is so close because uh, these lot of these sports rely on calls right so there's a call for the ball being inside or outside and the calls are made by the linesmen however uh, in team sports it's not that close right if a ball in the football goes out of bounds uh, it's not a point conceded or anything whereas here if someone from uh, the audience uh, creates a distraction or calls for an out and then the player can mistake it for actually the linesman making so uh, i'd like to categorize it in these it's 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 I, in my head I, i split it this way so I try to justify why it's important and I do believe it's important because uh, as you saw in the Australian Open too that a crowd and and home and it's well understood in sports literature sports science literature that home crowd actually has an effect on how a team or a player actually performs and we've seen it in numerous different instances so I'd like to classify it as yes it's important and I try to delineate it as team sport and uh, individual sport uh, maybe you can do a better job with it but as of now with my thinking cap on this is the only kind of way i'm trying to process that information and why it's important i think yeah i, I know i caught you a little off guard there every sports has its own ambience so that is there but i see what you're saying but i honestly think that is a little overrated the crowd noise or people getting distracted because i think it's just how the players are conditioned when they're uh, when they're starting to play from the beginning right you you when you're playing the when you're playing a tennis game you're just taught that there's this or you're just conditioned uh, in a way that there is not going to be any uh, background noise as such uh, whereas if you're playing in the maidans of india when you're playing cricket right or if you're playing anywhere in the world for that matter uh, you know i also don't think i quite agree with your uh, the the crowd being close to the arena common because you always see let's say if you take basketball the crowd is right there you have court side seats uh if you take uh, uh football for that matter football is like american football sorry you always have people very close to the touch line making a hell of noise but i think it's just how individual so individual i'd like to there, i'd so. like to clarify uh, my point right so i don't say the distance in isolation but the distance with uh the sport being an individual sport and the margin of error so it's like a mix of these three so for example in the in basketball you'll see a ball being called out and uh, stuff like that so we understand that it is uh, you know it it's also the referee who finally makes the call but these calls don't impact the player because they they look out for a whistle right so you what you're looking out for is a whistle which is a very uh, now you can make the counter argument say that what is somebody whistles in the uh, you know arena which is uh, fair enough uh, but then in my limited uh, my limited point is that when you have sports uh, where the margin of error and like you said it also goes back to the uh, ancestry of that sport like how that sport has been played 
yeah. over the years like for example golf as you always respect right you don't uh, and i re- i remember watching this in one of the tiger wood documentaries is that his dad used to actually uh you know uh, juggle coins in his pocket while tiger was uh, as a kid practicing and just to make sure that uh, he would be uh, zoned in when the time actually got tough and when he was playing so uh, i think this is a uh, what we call a multi variable problem right so there are too many things that happen here it's it goes from the ancestry of how the sport is being played to modern regulations coming in and i i am not a stickler for one or the other i think sports should evolve that's the and rules have changed in lot of sports like we have badminton how the point system has changed you know you see offside rules continuously being changed in uh, football so i am totally of the opinion that uh, you know these regulations should change and we should Uh, make this more broader and more applicable yeah 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 i i see what you're saying but i think uh, uh, as you said the ancestry of sport or the origins of sport has a lot to do with uh, these things because it's i believe it's just how the players are conditioned to play uh, uh, it depends i think if 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 a game of tennis was always played with a lot of crowd noise in the background i think it would they would have been totally fine today with uh, background noise but now you see uh, i remember roger federer shouting at the crowd once saying shut up and you know in the heat of the battle uh, you see all of these uh, you can always see this audience saying uh, or shushing the crowd when they're speaking just before a player serves and so on and also home and away crowd plays a very vital role right so uh, which is why i'm not a big fan of the champions league taking away the away goals rule either i i really like that variable but i mean it's it's not there anymore i know i think we discussed this a few episodes ago if if the uh, taking away the away goal rule was good or bad but well we have to live with n- uh, no away goals rule anymore it's really sad though right because uh, it has been well documented in sports literature at least that yeah. uh, playing away has a visible impact and it is the impact has been statistically studied in various uh, uh, different uh, works body of work so yeah it's interesting it's sad that champions league has uh, gone ahead and uh, you know done that but yeah because playing at anfield is a different beast playing at uh, uh, galatasaray home is a different beast than playing anywhere else in the world you know so it's 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 going to be i don't know if i like that rule or not but yeah but anyway i think we should get to the headlines we've spoken enough let's get straight into it aniket a few things happening let's start with uh, cricket so the indian women team had a tour of new zealand and the series ends in a 5-1 loss to india there is an amazing innings from meeli kur new zealand pull off a difficult chase and they win by 3 wickets here in queenstown so india won the last game by 6 wickets and uh, smriti mandana and harmanpreet kaur scored 71 and 63 respectively so it was a 5 odi game which i think we had the final uh, game was like a saving grace i think where we uh, yeah. took one back then the men's uh, indian cricket team has uh, oh by the way real, real quick on that sorry aniket the the women's world cup is coming up uh, on the f- beginning on the 4th of march so uh, that, that that is why this is kind of a lead up to that uh, uh, women's world cup so we'll, we'll we'll keep a close eye on that and hopefully have somebody on um, when once the world cup gets uh, done here so the like i said the indians men team uh, reclaimed the top spot in icc t20 international team rankings riding on their 3-0 series sweep over west indies at home and now rohit sharma is the new test captain and they're heading to sri lanka the indian cricket team and no sri lanka uh, is home sri lanka is coming home uh so uh but what we do know is that uh, pujara and rahane have been dropped and there is uh, 
a saga going on with the uh, saha vridhman saha so i you've told me about this i've read briefly about it but i'll let you uh, tell tell the listeners a little bit more as to what's actually happening and uh, yeah uh, what's we, going on yeah we we will talk about it once we uh, finish up with the headlines aniket i kind of want to cover it in just a little more detail sure so young pragnananda stunts magnus carlsen who is world number 1 and also considered a prodigy uh, was beaten by an indian 16 year old kid and i i saw the highlights of the chess game it was a game played on zoom yeah and i also saw some analysis happening and uh, w- uh, you know it, it was fun to watch and how nonchalant uh, our uh, indian youngster was uh, when he actually beat magnus carlsen because magnus carlsen actually retired from the game which in some sense is considered mm-hmm. uh, conceding defeat and uh, you magnus carlsen just goes offline on zoom and then uh, <laughs> uh, the indian youngster is just sitting with his hand over his jaw so calm composed and you know no overwhelming feeling so it was very interesting and Dude, i felt very I, proud seeing that yeah as as soon as i saw not the name but the, but how pragnanda looked like i remember this video okay because i know i because i definitely remember that face Uh, he was playing against uh, vishwanathan anand okay it was in some kind of tournament there is this video i remember because i think i might have watched this a few couple of years ago or something he was re- obviously really young then uh, he's now 16 so I, he must have been i don't know 13 or 12 so he's playing this game uh, game against anand they're just playing and playing i think it ended up in a draw or something because they shook hands or i don't know because i i really don't follow the 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 vagaries of chess and chess matches and so on but okay they they shake hands he, but i could as you said he was definitely nonchalant man he he is he's not reacting or he's not uh, you know overwhelmed or he's not intimidated by anybody so once the game finishes he's like he's looking at the board he's looking at the board and then uh, he speaks to anand he, both of them are uh, tamilians anyway so they're just speaking uh and he he's like yeah what did you do here what did you do here and anand is kind of responding in kind you know just saying what it, what uh he did and what his thinking was behind a particular move so it is very interesting to see him back then and all of a sudden i see him now and he's uh, beating magnus carlsen so it's it's very interesting it it was indeed and uh, i think uh, a lot of people were very proud so we had such, such tendulkar and the prime minister of india tweeting uh, about this so that definitely made headlines and then uh, the dubai tennis championship uh, also happened so jiri uh, veslev beat novak djokovic at the dubai open and that basically led to novak djokovic conceding his number one uh, spot and daniel medvedev is now officially world number one so did you get to see that match or the highlights uh, no i just saw that djokovic uh, i saw the highlights of i think a, a, a previous game right oh he was playing lorenzo musetti i, I saw the highlights of that he was, i saw that okay djokovic is back in dubai and he's wearing green and stuff like that so but yeah i mean is it surprising that uh, djokovic got beaten after that prolonged break that's not surprising at all so uh again it will be interesting no word yet on what his status is going to be at roland garros so we'll see what happens on that front yeah but and it's also made it clear I, that uh, uh, sorry my bad and there was this uh, bbc interview about on novak uh, on novak djokovic and where he was talking to this bbc guy and he said he pretty much flat out said look if there is a vaccine mandate for um, grand slams i'm not going to play so he's taken a stand it's clear now uh, we've kind of known all along that he's 
not taking the vaccine which he kind of made it obvious now but he said he's not going to play grand slam if uh, a vaccine mandate is on so it remains to be seen whether uh, any any of these tournaments make any kinds of exceptions so what's very interesting is that uh, he his stand is more nuanced is what i understood so he's not an anti vaxxer because he's got a vaccine as a kid uh, and right. uh, different other vaccinations but uh, he seems to have reservations about uh, being forced to take uh, this particular covid vaccine uh, i'm not defending him but just uh, stating his uh, stance on uh, what he currently uh, has to say so with that being said another thing interesting i read was this is the second time uh, vesilev was actually playing jokovic and uh, the first time was 6 years back and i think at an atp tournament and both times yuri vesilev has beaten novak jokovic so it's very interesting so he's unbeaten against jokovic kind of yeah <laughs> uh, okay uh, from there we go to a uh, inflection point in world history gotham so Vladimir Putin has officially invaded uh, Ukraine and uh, I think depending on where which part time, time zone you are in this is either the third day or the second day on uh, where you are of the war that has been declared on Ukraine so that has uh, had rippling effects all around the world in different forms so uh, the stock markets are plummeting uh you know and uh, then now they're going up and down seesawing there's a lot of uncertainty oil prices so there there's economic damage the ripple effects are also been sp- uh, felt in the world of sports you know so like we've spoken earlier sports is a part of our society and all these things actually uh, have an effect on how the sporting world conducts itself so a lot of interesting things have happened uh, do you want to share your thoughts about this and uh, How, how do you feel when you heard about this anybody would be lying if they said they were not expecting a war because it's been in the works right they've been talking about it talking about it and then it finally happened uh obviously i mean just to war. add to that sorry for yeah. interjecting but maybe i was naive but i believed a, a small part of me believed that maybe this would not go to a full fledged war you know i was like oh maybe this is bravado and you know playing chess you know trying to intimidate your opposition but i i genuinely honestly did not expect it to i didn't know war was so easy in today in the, in, in <laughs> 2022 guys we are in 2022 so i i didn't know that you know you could just declare war and nothing would happen you know so it's interesting i mean as unprovoked as uh, this was when you consider it from a ukrainian point of view uh, as 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 dictatorial and as uh, Uh, as putinesque as you can get with uh, vladimir putin uh, i think you know I, i just don't want to talk geopolitics all around here but i think putin had a uh, little choice but to go to war in a way because i'm not again let me make it clear that i'm not sympathizing in any way with uh, russia or uh, putin because i think what putin is doing right now with ukraine is just awful but i think russia had um, had no choice but to go to war or at least threaten a war because of uh, the whole nato thing and ukraine w- wanting to become part of nato which means that an important uh, port will go to the western hemisphere so to speak uh, uh, and which would be bad for russia and the trade so anyway i don't want to get into all of that having said that we are we are clearly seeing the consequences now where russia is uh invading ukraine and uh, i think putin yesterday has called for it for removing the leadership of ukraine uh so it's 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 the war is full on now and now we are seeing it's 
uh, ripple effects throughout the sporting world. Uh, we saw that uh, the Champions League final, UEFA uh, has acted and said that the Champions League final that was going to be held in St. Petersburg this year is now going to move. It's going to move to uh, Paris, I think, Start de France, uh, moving there. So that is there. Uh, they're now, uh, I think Manchester United uh, announced yesterday that they're they're uh, uh, moving away from its partnership with Aerofloat, which is a Russian airline. So that's interesting to see. So that's so we are seeing all these players also taking a stand. Go ahead, Anikit. So even uh, UEFA has, uh, I think they're renewing their, uh, they're rechecking their uh, sponsorship with Gazprom, which is closely uh, related to the Russian, uh, I don't know, bureaucracy or the government right now so that's again in in the works the ukraine premier league which is actually about uh, supposed to start on friday has now been pushed for uh, about 30 days and then uh, a lot of the players have been wanting to go back to their homeland and there's been uh, some sort of confusion going on so <clears throat> i think that's uh you know unfortunate but collateral damage of war so you have uh players stuck there but what's interesting is fifa has come out saying that uh uh Ukraine and Russia will now play in a neutral zone. So they will not be in neutral stadium. Sorry. Yeah. So, and uh, what's interesting is that they continue to play. So, and then I think the game coming up now is with Poland, I think. So Poland uh, will, uh, Poland was supposed to travel to Moscow and that that's going to be held in a neutral uh, stadium. Now I'd be extremely surprised if FIFA took a stand and said, or got condemned in any way that, uh, the Russia is invading Ukraine because just judging by the track record that FIFA has, I don't think it really cares about any kinds of human rights violations or war or anything like that. So I'll be extremely surprised if they took a stand of some kind. Uh, I mean, FIFA is just an awful organization, to be honest with you, at least in my opinion. For sure. I'm not going to defend uh, FIFA here. But also, uh, I like to bring this point up that can you punish the players for what the government is actually doing, right? It's essentially a dictatorship or uh, autocracy or whatever you want to call it. And for decisions that somebody is somebody is making on the top, should the players be punished? Because we've seen a lot of uh, Russian uh, players and uh, athletes come out and talk against the war. But uh, I don't know. It's an open question. Is it fair to ban Russian team from playing because, uh, you know, the government has declared to go on a war? So that's an interesting question. Uh, but yeah, the other, the other flip side to that is that I don't know if they said, if they've called off or they've postponed the the world, the playoff match against uh, between Ukraine and Scotland, right? If 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 they would have said, you know, let's postpone the Ukraine-Scotland game, I can understand that. But again, it's just FIFA, FIFA again just having cold feet or just dragging their feet and just not saying anything. You know, that's typical FIFA but I'm kind of glad that UEFA has acted on it but we'll see in the future it, it all comes down to money with these organizations right so it it all comes down to what they will lose if they speak up on something so I will as I said I'm, I'm not surprised if FIFA or uh, the likes of IOC don't say anything yeah and uh, what's interesting is UEFA is so, so the Gazprom deal apparently is roughly around 40 million dollars a year so that's yeah. a huge sum and they're revisiting that. So both lawyers from both the teams are actually talking about it and it seems like it's going to be cancelled. We don't know, but yeah. we'll, we'll keep an eye on that story. And uh, as we said, uh, the Russian tennis player Andrei Rublev writes, no war please on a camera after winning a tennis match. So, 
you know, a case in point that there are Russian people out there who are actually protesting and athletes who believe that uh, maybe this war is not just. Uh, so, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, you know, th- that's the world we are in today. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it is very, very. I mean, it takes a lot of courage to uh, to make take a stand against your own country. Which it's. I think it's it's extremely brave on somebody's part to take a stand, um, because you know you saw in the U.S. you see Colin Kaepernick taking a knee, and uh, you see all of these statements. Well, there are still few and far in between, but you still see some of these uh, athletes taking. Uh, a stand with the Black Lives Matter mov- movement, for example, or uh, Colin Kaepernick taking a knee, or uh, uh, even in, uh, in 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 I think football still continues to, continues to take the knee before uh, kickoff, which I think now become has become a little bit of a symbolic gesture than anything else. Uh, but you know, it's very it's very heartening to see all these uh, athletes take a stand. I know Pep Guardiola came out and said. Uh, that it's an unjust war and he's uh, he has Zinchenko on his team who is Ukrainian so uh, it's it's good to see it's, it will be interesting to see if uh, 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 if Roman Abramovich says anything I doubt if he says anything because he is in the middle of he's literally uh, uh, and and uh, what what is he called and uh, uh, I forget the term he's, you know, he's not an autocrat he's, he's an oligarch oligarch he's an oligarch that's the word yep. he's a russian oligarch so he's he's literally with uh, uh, I, I wouldn't say hand in glove with the russian government but at least he has uh, the russian government has a lot to say with what he does so i, I doubt if he would take any stand yeah and like you said uh, i noticed one thing though and this art, this was an article i found in the week and we'll add in our show notes is that there's an interesting uh, tie between russia and the olympics so I found this very interesting because in 2014, when Russia annexed Crimea, it was it occurred just after the Winter Olympics in Sochi, right? So after these Winter Olympics were wrapped up in 2014, that's when the annexation happened. In 2008, Russia invaded Georgia when the Summer Olympics were happening, and now you have the Winter Olympics in China that have just concluded. And it, I, they, there is talk about how Russia strategically waited for this to actually end. Uh, these are just rumors uh, really? i don't know if yeah but uh, the fact is there is now you can uh, <laughs> so there is something to do with russia annexing and uh, decla- invading uh, and the olympics uh, related here three like i think shekhar gupta says three make a straight line so here yeah. are three data points and uh, you can join them how and, you, however and, you want yeah yeah and we also seen uh, i think uh, robert lewandowski came out and uh, stood in support of ukraine uh, so yeah, the, you're seeing a lot of these athletes uh, in the world of Formula One. Too, I think Vettel was the first guy who said he's probably not going to participate. And then uh, uh, late last night or yesterday, yeah, I think it was uh, last night that uh, uh, the Formula One uh, FIA, uh, the organization, uh, came out with a statement and said it's going to be quote unquote impossible to hold a Grand Prix in Russia under the current circumstances. I should not go. I will not go. I think it's wrong to race in the country. Um, I'm sorry for the people, you know, innocent people that are losing their lives, that are getting killed for stupid reasons and uh, a very, very strange and mad leadership. So um, I'm sure that's something that we will talk about. But uh, as I said, on behalf of GPDA, we haven't come together yet. But uh, personally, I'm just so, you know, shocked and sad to see what's, what's going on. 
and then also uh, Haas, the F1 team, which had uh, sponsorship from Uralkali, which is also a Russian uh, company. So they've uh, taken out their uh, branding on the car. So they are now driving without that. Uh, so yeah, like we said, this has impacted the world. Uh, this particular event, everyone is speaking up for what they believe in, which is good. But I did want to bring a small point uh, to distinguish between uh, what you mentioned was Colin Kaepernick speaking and uh, here Andre Rublev speaking is that in USA, I think you can still get away speaking anything. Uh, it's a different Literally story anything. in Russia. Yeah, and it's yeah. a completely different story in Russia. So a little bit of more respect for uh, people who speak in tough situations where yeah. uh, talking can only get you into trouble. So... 100% with that sure. being yeah with that being said so let's talk about f1 formula one so you bought that up because formula one like you said uh the new season has started started in the sense the testing in uh, barcelona at the circuit de barcelona has started so there was three days of testing all teams have come around with the new cars new cars because these cars are now for the 2022 regulation so there have been a lot of changes in the cars and it was very interesting, Gotham. I don't know if you followed, but uh, I was nerding out on this because uh, there is the engineering involved in the design of these cars. And then yeah. there is sport, high performance uh, athletes involved. So it's a very beautiful intersection of two things I really love. That is science and uh, uh, athletics. So, yeah. I definitely did not nerd out on this, but I definitely uh, I saw that the cars were redesigned so they look pretty cool and the other cool thing i saw was i think it was alfa romeo who came out with a camouflaged uh, car design so that was very nice other than that i'll leave the engineering and design to you aniket <laughs> so i think the alfa romeos have not come out with the livery yet so that's why they are camouflage i think i am not sure if oh, they're going to go i don't know I, I i'm going to check on this and get back to you but i okay. think they're going to come out with their livery and it's going to change uh, I don't think they're going to race. Uh, I hope camouflage. it stays camouflage. That's very that looked pretty cool. It did. It did. So, with that being said, the new regulation. Let's talk a little bit about this. I wanted. Uh, I wanted to talk about yeah. this. So, the cars now are being redesigned, and there are a lot of reasons why they're going. Uh, one of the main drives is to uh, towards sustainability, right? So, these cars typically have been uh, extremely poor on the carbon footprint that they have right so there's a lot of emissions involved so now the fuel will be much better and hopefully to a step towards sustainability what's interesting as well is that these cars are now designed to promote better racing because uh, we know previously you had the drs that was bought in because uh, following one car uh, very closely became a challenge and the reason is that uh, it's a lot of fluid mechanics and then, uh, you know, there is a lot of drag that develops and you cannot closely follow. But now these cars have been pushed slightly closer to the ground, which means that there's a larger downforce involved. And because of this, now uh, they're hoping, so there's testing going on, nothing is sure, but they're hoping there'll be better racing. And a lot of drivers like Charles Leclerc and Pierre Gasly have spoken about, uh, they see the difference. Uh, but it will be the true difference will only be seen when you're on the track because right now everyone's sandbagging trying to show that you know they're not doing that great running on low fuel and stuff like that so no one wants to show what they have right now so everyone's playing it uh safe okay and with that being said uh 
what's interesting is that because of this new redesign that we spoke about and cars are now much closer to the ground there's an effect called porpoising that we've noticing so this is a new word i learned but it's basically uh, uh porpoises are mammals that actually swim they basically uh, come out of the water like a dolphin and go back so this is up and down swing and what happens is the same thing happens with this car where uh, when you are driving because the car is now designed as an upside down airplane wing it creates a huge downforce so your car is basically being sucked to the floor and then when you hit the floor that air or you know the fluid mechanics is disturbed and you bounce up and then eventually what happens is your head is like bobbing up and down and the whole car is like going up like a yo-yo so this is uh, uh, beautiful to see but extremely dangerous uh, cuz and i say beautiful uh, with beautiful in, in the scientific perspective as to why this is happening in the aerodynamics that are involved is uh, really cool so this is some effects that a lot of teams have been noticing now and the goal is going to be try and sort this out if you can actually improve your designs to avoid this cuz it has a lot of uh, challenges to the driver in terms of visibility and also uh, it could be very dangerous you know if this happens at high speeds or at a corner and you hit some you hit a bump on a corner you could just be going off and at those speeds it's always dangerous so this is something i uh, noticed and i thought was really cool yeah as i said the only thing i noticed and it found to be cool was that it had a new design the new design looks good of the car and obviously all these colors look pretty good they do i mean formula 1 is a does a great job with branding and showing stuff so which is always great uh but yeah i don't have much to add on that other than to say that i'm really looking forward to the new f1 season and also looking forward to the new season of drive to survive which i'm going to recommend at the end so uh damn it you stole I, my recommendation <laughs> i just remembered that it was coming up so uh yeah we, we should do that let's move on to some uh, football headlines aniket sure so uh interesting things happening in the world of football so the us women's national team wins a six year battle for equal pay right so there was this whole uh <laughs> I think anyone who's following sports and the women's national team and the men's national team uh the women's national team started with five players actually uh you know registering a complaint for not being equally paid because the women's football team in the United States has been far more successful than the men's team and uh, what they realize is that even though they were more successful they were not getting the same pay and the same appearance fees so they started with five players so there was Hope Solo Carly Lloyd Uh, Alex Morgan, Megan Rapinoe, and Becky Sorburn. Sorburn, sorry. So uh, it started with them, and then this led to them suing the U.S. Soccer Federation, and then it was a six-year-old battle. And my recommendation would be a New York Times article that basically timelines this and what actually happened. So it basically talks about how post-career plans and initiatives for women to grow in this game as well so basically they're talking about like how you can take care of your athletes after uh, they hang their boots up as well uh, us soccer has been badly run for a number of years now uh, there has been a change of leadership recently but i think it, there was there i think there was this indian guy or indian origin guy who was heading the uh, the us uh, soccer federation and he got terrible terrible press and it's been uh he let's say he's not been looked at kindly by anybody in the soccer world in in the united states 
I think there was a change of leadership there. Uh, Hope Solo, I think, uh, headed the effort initially. Uh, and as you said, clearly, if, if 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 you are living in the US, you know that the women's team is by far more successful and more popular than than male counterparts. So uh, this was coming anyway. So it's it's it's. Uh, I'm glad to see that. I mean, once you once US soccer settles, you know that means they're conceding defeat. It's like Magnus Carlsen shaking or going off Zoom, right? So uh, it's it's. Uh, so it's it, that's definitely good to see. Uh, uh, I think there's there's still uh, the the next stage is the the men's and the women's team are playing under uh, expired separate contracts, so the the, the negotiations are ongoing. So I'm sure uh, because of this lawsuit, um, the women's team will come out better this time around with the negotiations end. So yeah, the, we'll see what happens there, but this is definitely a welcome sign. For sure, and I'd also so I think the Daily Show with Hasan Minaj had uh, done a segment on this uh, equal pay for women. So they spoke to athletes of the women's uh, mm-hmm. U.S. soccer team. Uh, I'm all oh, let all the recommendations are going right in the start here. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> but you, I would recommend. Uh, did you did you like that show with Hasan Minaj on Netflix? And I kind of I thought it was a little show. Patriot show-off-y. Act, you mean? Uh, the, the Patriot Act. The Patriot Act. That's the one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was not. I mean, I I watched a few episodes, but I, I really liked the Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Yeah. So Hasan Minaj was a part of that, and he did a couple of really good interviews uh, uh, for as a segment of that show. So I I like Hasan Minaj. I, I was not a uh, crazy fan about Patriot Act or anything. I thought it was okay. Like nothing too great. Like. Yeah, I thought he was trying to appear a little too woke and little too. Uh, little too I don't know he was trying to do a lot of things there which I which was kind of distracted to me but anyway that's a bit of a sidebar there so yeah the 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 Champions League is ongoing Aniket so uh, I watched a couple of games I watched uh, uh, Paris Saint-Germain play uh, Real Madrid that was a decent game to watch last week uh, Mbappe scored a beautiful beautiful goal he just split the double team and just scored as if it was like a basketball play. It was great to see. Uh, I watched uh, a Man United play Atletico Madrid uh, the other day. A uh, lot of mixed emotions watching that game. I want uh, I wanted your thoughts on that. Okay, <laughs> so let's right, pause and get your thoughts. You deconstruct the game for us, please. Because okay, I have a lot so, of questions. Okay, yeah. So uh, Manchester United was playing a round of 16 game uh, against Atletico Madrid in Madrid. So they started off in such a poor fashion. The first half was just an eyesore. I wanted to gouge my eyes out watching that game because every time United had the ball, I was sure that they were going to lose it. Uh, whenever Pogba had the ball, he was I was 100% sure he was going to lose it. Every time Rashford had the ball, I was so confident that he was going to make the wrong decision at all times that he ended up doing the exact same thing. Rashford, I think, is just woefully, woefully out of form at the moment. He has some goals, by the way, uh, in the in the in, in the recent past, but don't let that uh, mislead you in any kind of in in any fashion because Rashford is just out of touch very badly, man. It's just it's really bad. Uh, Manchester United did not have uh, a single touch uh, in in the box in the whole of the first half. Um, Atletico were just playing a classic Atletico game. They got the early goal in. Ja Felix, I think, is an amazing player to watch. That was a he does, good header. Like, it was an excellent a diving header. I mean, header. Yeah, yeah. They, he had nobody had any chance. Brilliant cross, but even better header. But he just had a beautiful, beautiful game. Um, they got the early goal in. 
they were pressing everybody in the uh, in the midfield uh, pogba was just in in sixes and sevens as i say it was just awful to watch him play man he again he never makes the short pass he never makes the obvious pass he keeps the ball that much longer and invariably ends up getting tackled and falling to the ground and losing the ball and just shouting uh which is awful to see uh ronaldo had barely any touches he was just a lonely guy in the center forward position jaden sancho was uh again nowhere to be seen they were just uh sniffing out all of these uh midfield possessions the only people who had some kind of uh, uh breathing space were the uh were the defenders and now if you look at the defenders varan had an awful first half uh he was he was making all kinds of bad passes he couldn't even make a small pass I, it it was it was like any other midfielder nobody could buy a pass but varan was just so switched off i felt like victor lindelof started and he was playing right back i don't know why that happened victor lindelof does not have a lot of pace you had aaron van bissaka on the bench i think he's a really good right back but he was there he was on the bench so lindelof was struggling against uh, their their left winger so yeah awful awful first half and then they come back in the second half uh, you know the kind they kind of get some kind of a semblance of control uh, bruno fernandes had an uncharacteristically awful first half too he was not able to make any kind of pass he every ball uh, every pass that he was making was resulting in a loss of possession uh i think manchester united still managed to have about 65% of the, of possession uh which is typical of atletico madrid because they are really not a possession based team um so they come back in the second half they get some kind of control back uh they make a few substitutions they actually make uh they have two full backs coming in uh, with matic so not the most glamorous of substitutions but that brought about a little bit of uh, uh a control back i thought and then he rangnick brings on alanga for rashford and then all all bruno needs is one one chance and he made he was through and he put alanga through and he missed uh, alanga missed that shot uh, but our black was in bad position and somehow united stole a one all draw i must say aniket it is as awful as it was to watch as uncomfortable as it was to watch i think united come out with a slight edge yeah and it did seem that alanga's comments post match also made them made me believe that they were happy they salvaged a draw out of this and now they're going to take it back to the theater of dreams to settle scores so obviously united is in an advantage back home but what was interesting was uh, you know 11 players uh, i saw it seems 11 man united players are out of sync everyone was having a poor day and at that point you question did the manager get the tactics wrong right like because having and this is a team sport right it's not an individual sport so in an individual sport if you are if you're having a bad day it's you you're having a bad day but here 11 people almost all everyone having a bad day does point fingers towards what the manager was trying to do in the first half i think he read the game wrong and atletico seemed to play very well now i'm confused did man united let them play very well or were they actually playing very well i'm still debating that uh, in my head as we speak I think Atletico just played a really good game that is one but also at the same time Man United just played awfully it's just a question of uh yeah I don't know what as, as you said I don't know if it's a question of getting the tactics wrong I don't know if it's a question of getting the execution wrong because these things usually get sorted out in practice but they're doing the basic things wrong which was very very surreal to me to watch the uh, 
I can understand if Bruno has a bad uh, bad day once in a while. You know, it was you know the law of numbers says that you're going to have a bad game at some point. But just the whole team, as you said, was just awful. It, nobody could find a buy a pass. Nobody, literally nobody. Uh, so you could, I mean, uh, clearly the tactics were not working. I don't know why Rashford started. To be honest with you, he was coming off the bench, but I saw him start and I was like, why? Why is he starting? It doesn't make sense. I don't know if it's because of his experience or something, but. I know I've been watching a lot of Manchester United games. I know just looking at Rashford these days that he's in really bad form. He's he was just running into four defenders with the ball instead of making a pass. So I he's just I don't know if it's a little bit of a he said his injury is his comeback and all kinds of things with managerial changes and all of that stuff happening. So I don't know if it's that or not but we just know that he's out of form. So there's no point starting him. The best players were are Jadon Sancho and Bruno Fernandes and Elanga has been really good. Now Greenwood is gone. So you, you you that's why I think Rashford has got the nod but you know it's it's you don't have to be a savant to know that uh, Rashford is out of form so I don't know why he started and it showed because good that there are five substitutions now in the Champions League otherwise we would have been in even bigger trouble. Yeah and segueing from the first comments on managerial changes to yeah. something interesting that happened in premier league was i don't know if you saw tottenham hotspur and yeah. the Ant- antonio conte what a roller coaster stuff, right? last couple of weeks for tottenham hotspur man right they beat manchester city in my view pretty convincingly it's a wonderful and, game yeah yeah exactly and i really loved watching that game and then you saw conte come out and say oh he's it's the best team he's almost ever coached you know i'm i'm not I'm paraphrasing what he's saying, but something to that effect. And yeah. then they come, they lose to Burnley and Conte just, I think, loses it. And he stresses <laughs> on this point where it's the first time they're losing four out of five games that they have played. In the last five games, we lost to four, four times. This is the reality. Uh, no performance, uh, space, no space. Uh, the reality is this, that uh, uh, we lost four games in the last five games. I don't know, but I'm not so good to improve the situation. And uh, uh, yeah, for me, it's very frustrating. When he talks about this fourth game in the last five, about 20 times. Yeah. Uh, and you could see he's super emotional. And he's almost asking Tottenham to sack him. I don't know what's happening. And then tomorrow, I think they're playing Leeds. So again, he ha- I think he has a talk with uh, Daniel Levy and uh, they've sorted out and... Yeah, I don't know, is he an emotional a, guy, but yeah. it, it seems like, I don't know what is going on. He was like almost asking for the boot. So <laughs> Apparently, they've had a high-level uh, crisis meeting with Conte. I mean, I don't think Conte is going anywhere at this point, but uh, he is a very emotional guy. He's He speaks things in public that you don't expect anybody to speak at that point in time. Uh, he always falls out. He speaks his mind pretty much. Which is why I think he usually falls out with the management of the club every time. And which is why you see uh, Conte not staying in a club for too long either, right? So, But I don't think Conte is going to go anywhere at this point. Uh, Tottenham would be uh, much more wiser than sacking Conte for some reason. It would so, be foolish to let Conte go. Like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it was uh, after that uh, brilliant game against City, they come and uh, lose to Burnley at Turf Moor. So it was... Yeah, it's I guess in a way it's classic Tottenham, but it's 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 it's, it's bad. Uh, I also watched uh, Arsenal beat uh, the Wolves two one, which was a really cool game. Arsenal were like not in it; they went one 0 down and they kind of came back and won it at the end. That was a good game. And as I speak this, I realize I think we are going to 
be a little outdated as when this episode comes out if we keep talking about the games that went by but i think the uh, the big thing is now that is that the premier league uh, race is now wide open all of a sudden uh, you see you see manchester manchester city kind of uh, dropping points they've i think they had a draw and a loss in the last five games so that means they've dropped what three plus two five points and liverpool have been on a rampage i think they won six nil against leeds i think is the, is was their last result they're they're on a winning streak right now so uh two three points separate man city and liverpool both of them having played the equal number of and games so i think they have to play each other as well so correct so it's, it's it is a two horse race yeah it is a two horse race now and it's getting close manchester city uh, for a moment there were looking like they were going to run away with it but it's not going to be the case with 12 games to go yeah and well who doesn't want an exciting title race so let's see yeah. how this goes quote with that unquote, being the said greatest, quote unquote the greatest league in the world <laughs> well i you it's tough to deny that at this point Uh, i would have made maybe 40 uh, on a, in earlier seasons but at <laughs> yeah. this point yeah sure so with that being said uh, i have been relegated to watching the europa league yes. so Let's this whole week i <laughs> this whole week i've been saying champions league we had such a good win but then i'm correcting myself now to remind myself that we play in the europa league by we so, you mean barcelona yeah barcelona played napoli and um, so the first leg was a 1-1 draw and that was at camp no and now we traveled to italy and the game ended in a aggregated score of 5-3 over two legs where barcelona won convincingly uh, they actually had a very good game which uh, made me feel excited it brought some sense of excitement in me after a long and tiring week so it was a good thursday in that sense to see barcelona play well so our signings have seemed to work but then people are super excited about how great uh, we we played but then i also want to remind folks that hey it's you know it's been 3 games now so there's a lot more to do uh yeah uh, so it was it was a it was a good game uh, we it's good to see chavi hernandez get his tactics right it's good to see the new signings in effect so we had abamayang uh, frank uh, sorry what am i saying frankie frankie young was a man of the match but abamayang adama traore and uh, farhan torres were actually starting this game and they seemed to be very effective so now they have had six goals and six assists among these three new signings yeah. so it's pretty good cuz barcelona you can say that their dna has passing to them they can you know the guys who come out just to call out names pedri gavi the la masia products are fantastic in the midfield you know they're to look for i think the next crop of players everyone wants to look towards but what we i think earned is also vertical in the game like we have obamayang who's really fast ferran torres and adama traore and you can see that very uncharacteristic first goal we scored which is from a counter attack and jordi alba actually finishing the goal for us on the right side so it was pretty interesting it was a good game i don't want to get my hopes up but i do hope for a good season for barcelona from here yeah i think yeah i think you have to with a rebuild like this you have to temper your expectations a little bit uh, because i know I've, i've been there uh, quite some time now with manchester united so when the rebuild is on you need some patience so it's hard to expect anything uh you know earth shattering at this point in time they still gave up three goals which is which means that there are still some questions at the back 
but uh again it's a work in progress there are like all of these players are new uh the manager is new so yeah i as think as long as they finish uh, uh qualifying for the champions league at the end of this season i think that's a good result for them yeah and i must add three very crappy goals you know so it is i think none of those goals deserve to be scored i mean they were given by errors mostly all of them yeah so which is uh, characteristic right we know how to go front but uh, it's tough to keep a clean sheet so we'll see yeah i think we should we should move on with to the vridhivan uh, sahar story which i really want to talk about a little bit aniket if you don't have anything else no i'm good i'm actually curious to learn more about the vridhivan sahar incident okay so uh, so to lay some context um, vridhivan sahar uh, uh, it was an, it was announced that he was not going to be part of the test squad uh coming up this year india don't play a lot of tests this year i think they play only three test matches this year so uh rahul dravid spoke with vridhiman saha and let him know that he was not going to be in contention for the selection at least because rishabh pant is now the number one wicketkeeper for uh, in the test matches and vridhiman saha with his age and just uh, india only having three test matches this year uh rahul dravid had a tough conversation because he spoke about this in the Uh, in the media as well he said he spoke with ritiman sai and said look with your age with india only playing three test matches this year and you not being the number one test uh, wicketkeeper anymore you will not going to be in contention which is i think fair that conversation needs to be had so and i think they they want to also give youngsters a chance right correct. to play the backup player backup wicketkeeper correct which which makes sense totally and rahul dravid had this conversation with him uh and ridhiman sa is not going to be in contention for test cricket anymore uh after uh, after after that happened um uh, apparently the uh, uh according to ridhiman sa again he posted a tweet and said after all my contributions to indian cricket this is what i face from a so called quote unquote respected journalist and he shared a screenshot of a whatsapp chat or not a chat but it is just a one sided conversation from the journalist to him uh asking him to do an interview with him so th- and the and the screen and the whatsapp chat clearly shows that the the reporter is asking him to give an interview he says it's going to be good uh and then he says if you want to be democratic then i won't push for an interview uh and he's kind of you know egging him on and saying they chose one wicket keeper whoever is the best you try to choose 11 journalists which is not the best according to me choose who can help the most can help the most quote unquote uh and then he there's a missed call from him so saha never responds by the saha never responds to his text and you can see that there's a missed call on there as well and then the the journalist again says you did not call never again will i interview you i don't take insults kindly and i will remember this this wasn't something you should have done so it is it is it is like a veiled threat to him which is like very weird to see and uh, now there are a lot of there is a lot of speculation as to who that respected journalist was i obviously say respected again in quotes um uh, there is an alleged so name. i have a question yeah, i'm i'm very curious to know do you have any idea who this respected journalist is because i've been reading reports i don't know i have actually no idea because i don't follow this story so closely but i've been uh, reading reports of this journalist being very close to the indian team and uh, you know having access to a lot of players during uh, uh, the previous uh, captain and coaches uh, term as well so i just want to know 
is that any guesstimate no so yeah guess? i know i no no yeah yeah we know it's it's uh, everybody well according to most of the reporting that i've seen it is pretty obvious who the who the respected journalist is and uh, now this name has come up before i think i've brought this up uh, before again i should use the word alleged because it uh, nothing has pro- been proven yet and saha has said that he's not going to reveal that name because he doesn't want to affect uh, the reputation or the livelihood of that journalist now he's allegedly boria majumdar now if you known boria majumdar he's been around the creating circles for some time now he's seen as being very very close uh to the inner circle wherever the ben of the indian uh, cricket team travels now we've spoke a lot about how it's all about access with sports these days especially in cricket which is so walled off right so if you have access that means you are in and not many people get that opportunity which means that you have a lot of power in your hands right because you have this access with all of these top players now this journalist is seen as close to uh, being very close to sora ganguly so there's the, there is that whole thing going on so he wields a lot of influence apparently he is uh, allegedly responsible for uh, getting players good contracts with commentary uh, with doing commentary stuff with getting them sponsors and so on so apparently he wields a lot of power uh, which is why which is which i think is very apparent in his uh, texts uh, with sahar right yeah yeah this just the tone of it you know you know that his he's speaking as if he's a position he's in a position of power but he's just a journalist so he's asking him for this interview but he never got it and then once once he didn't get it or once he knew that he was not responding he's he's resorting to insults and saying hey you're uh, what do you say uh he won't take to insults very kindly which is just i don't know what to say but um, and i think to add to this sorry for interjecting but i yeah. think everyone's now throw a hat into this right so i i seen that a one thing was that uh, according to saha uh, that ganguly had actually spoken to him and told him that he wouldn't be dropped uh, from the team after his performance against new zealand and then which is not uh, surprising to me aniket because if you now i'm i'm just picking backing on what uh, sharda said in our uh, conversation about uh, ganguly and virat kohli and the bcci you know ganguly is an everybody's man i'm not surprised that he said Oh yeah, I'll take care of you because that's the way Ganguly is. But I don't think he has any say in the selection, right? It's the chief selector along with the captain. But he said as For long sure, as exactly. I'm in charge, for sure, exactly. And yeah, that's my point, right? Charge, yeah, he said yeah. as long as I'm in charge, you're going to be fine. I mean, which is, I mean, fair. That's but that's how Ganguly. It could also be seen everything. as a confidence-giving measure, right? Like, exactly. You you yeah. don't take this literally. But then yeah. uh, I I said this because this is one aspect of it, and then I see uh, the previous Indian coach Ravi Shastri also talk about oh an mm-hmm. investigation has to be launched into this, and you know you should he urged the president to uh, investigate who this journalist is, which is very ironic after what all you've said because this is clearly a journalist who's been in the room while Ravi Shastri was there. I'm pretty sure more than once. Yes. Right. And now yes. now once you step out, it's rather convenient. to it's also, come out and say yeah there's this also the whole thing about you know this journalist is, uh, uh, this alleged journalist is apparently seen very uh, being very close to ganguly because both of them are bengali and all they here they go a little uh, they go a little far back now shastri and ganguly have historically not been on the same uh, page right so there is that whole thing playing into this as well so it is as i said it is very convenient for ravi shastri but if it was uh, i think even if it was even if he was the coach right now if saha came out and said this i think ravi shastri would have been 
uh, in support of Saha. I don't think he would have stayed silent. But there's also this whole factor playing in that he's seen close to being uh, yeah. Saurav Ganguly and that comes with its own set of dynamics, right? So Exactly. Uh, so everyone's throwing a hat into this uh, problem and I think uh, yeah. Saha has been caught in the crossfire, I believe. So right. he's... I think he's taking it from both sides now. It's actually rather sad that I'm pretty sure it's tough to take uh, a negative thought of being dropped from the team, right? It it by itself is a very difficult thing to digest. Yeah. And on top of that, you're subjected to all this and then people piggybacking of your problem to settle, you know, unrelated scores. I so yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's very uh, sad and rather unfortunate. And which is what happens when you, when your access is so so limited with these cricketers right you once a journalist finds his way through or his or her way through uh, this is what happens because that particular journalist then has a lot of power because he has something that most 99% of the other journalists do not have which is access to these cricketers uh, if, if if this alleged journalist turns out to be the actual person then I wouldn't be surprised at all because everything that he does is just so cringy to me I, I brought this up a few times before as well uh man his his he he wrote this uh, uh autobiography well sachin's book autobiography with sachin which is just awful to read it's just one of the poor <laughs> document i don't know if you've if you've read his autobiography or not but it's just no, awful awful reading it's just so badly put together uh he, i mean i'm sure the book did well because it is it came right after sachin retired so it was always going to do well but the book itself was just a thing to forget but uh, yeah but again as i said this is what happens when uh access is so limited so uh i don't think this is going to happen but the ideal case would be to have you know give give journalists some access man give where is the where is the profile of a good player these days you always have talk to the family members or talk to some friends to get a proper profile except for the player so yeah this is what happens which is overall a sad story but we should probably remember Riddhiman Saha as one of the greatest, not one of the greatest, but one of the greatest glovemen, I should say. Not batsman, he's a, he was an okay batter, but he, uh, he, as a wicketkeeper, I think he was ex- exceptional behind the stumps. He was one of the better wicketkeepers that we've had. For sure. And just to add to your point, right, about access journalism, I think it's a term uh, used, as this term is called access journalism, where mm-hmm. you have, you're getting all your interviews, everything just because you have access, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's why they shows that when you the more power you get right uh it kind of tends to blind you and you see this in different fields like this is just an example of what someone can pull in the field of journalism but you see this with politicians you see this you know through the spectrum with ceos of companies and uh that's why they i mean they say that democratizing a process is the best way democracy is no way the best system but i think it does bring the playing field much more level compared to uh, the other forms of systems we've, uh, uh, I don't know, dabbled in. Yeah, the good comes with the bad with the democracy, but if it's if it's the way uh, the current system is, it's only going to be bad. So yeah. uh, it's also the law of large numbers, right? You converge some way closer to an average. So with yeah. large opinions being involved, you converge closer to the average, if not even the exact average. So yeah, yep, exactly. Uh, so. Uh, if by the way, just if you want to look at how the BCCR functions, uh, do listen to our episode with Shardogra. We did a couple of episodes back. I think it was episode thirteen. Uh, 
or 12 one of those episodes i lose count how about that um uh, but yeah definitely that's check that first. out that's the first i know so, so. <laughs> uh definitely check that out uh, i just want to briefly touch about just change topics a little bit and talk about uh, nba basketball it's heating up because the all-star game just concludes which means that we are in the final third of the uh, nba season uh the biggest story obviously coming out is that james harden who is uh, who is former mvp of the league one of the be- top 10 players not maybe not right now but is is really big name has been traded from the brooklyn nets to the philadelphia 76ers uh and the other way around uh, ben simmons who has been sitting out the whole of the season because he was sulking uh the philadelphia 76ers sent him to brooklyn the brooklyn nets now uh one of the characteristics of uh the current day nba basketball thing is that it has become like uh, a high school where people change allegiances pretty quickly it's like okay uh, we change friend groups pretty quickly i don't know if you did that i think i might have done that once when i was in high school but uh people change allegiances pretty quickly uh if if they see a very small sign of a team not doing well or team chemistry being wrong the the big names are now tending to sulk and take their ball home and saying that I'm not going to play. Now Ben Simmons last year had a terrible terrible playoffs uh, uh and he came in with with a lot of criticism. Uh the coach criticized him, the the 76ers uh best player uh, Joel Embiid criticized him publicly. Which, I think we spoke about it too. Yes, we had we, did, uh, we, we briefly about we it. briefly touched upon it yeah. and how terrible his shooting game is. Yeah. And, and now and now so after that he's just he kept sulking and said he's not he he report he did not initially report to practice but then the 76ers said they're going to fine him pretty badly. I think he lost about he lost a few million dollars this year because he didn't show up. Then he showed he, up to He did show up to one of the practices I remember and he showed up with earphones plugged earphones. in and uh, crack and he was like he was all over the place yeah he was yep. playing with a mobile phone in his uh, pockets as well and then yep. he, the, he got sent home he never reported again he said he didn't want to play which means they they find him and then after that now i don't want to make light of any kind of mental health issues at all but he very conveniently i think in my mind said uh, he's not there 100% mentally uh when he's that he was seeking a counselor's help uh after that point he, nobody said anything and just he he got shut down um, they were waiting uh, because he was such a he was seen as such a quote unquote big player that the the Philadelphia 76ers front office was just waiting on a good trade and then it happened man then another big name sulked and said uh, uh, he was not happy or indicated not him him directly but he indicated through various sources leaked and said he, that he was not completely happy uh with playing with Kevin Durant i don't know why he would not want to you play with Kevin Durant you mean harden was not harden, happy at the next correct harden okay uh, okay uh because uh james harden was completely unengaged for some time he said he had this hamstring injury that was bugging him it kept bugging him for few months i don't know what happened there uh there was this one game he played against the sacramento kings where he was so so disengaged he was not coming back on defense he was just playing an awful he was extremely passive this is very reminiscent of him that uh reminiscent of him when he was with the Houston Rockets and he wanted out of there so disengaged you could see that he was completely completely out of it uh so anyway so he, the trade hap- finally happens and now Harden is with the Philadelphia 76ers and Simmons is now a Brooklyn net so 
yeah as much as i love watching nba basketball this is the one thing that i kind of hate watching because it's just this 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 sulking and uh i don't want to play here i just don't want to play here anymore i want to take my ball home i i, I don't want to play here and crying and cribbing and it's just i don't know it just it's it's, it's a bad bad look i g- it's good for twitter and social media i think but in the long run it's just bad for nba basketball i don't know if it's uh, me being ignorant or this is how the society has converged is that it seems off late a lot of the sulking has started you know i think previously back in the day people would just bite the bullet and uh, you would not see i maybe i'm ignorant and i didn't follow it that uh, i was younger i didn't keep up with the news that closely but it seems that off late this problem is uh, much more in sports in general right we are talking about basketball but you see a lot of players voicing their opinions and uh, coming out and talking about uh, not being happy but then i understand when you're not happy but then there's also a professional obligation you signed a contract yeah. right you you've got to you've got to do your job you you got to be committed to your job because you're obligated uh, by a contract so there yeah. is that thing that also comes into play and now it what's happening is that the first sign of any problem you immediately know uh oh is there, is he going to go is he going to go doesn't matter if he has 3 years left on his contract doesn't matter if he has 2 yep. years left on his contract there is you know he's so going I, to if he's if he's I had not a happy for you. yeah sorry. go ahead sorry for interjecting so this just popped up on my head and uh, like when you say trade right is it similar to football or is there also money exchange or is it just like a flat on one on one trade between james harden and ben simmons no it, uh, how trades work is you have to you still have to match the money to to a certain percentage okay. i think it's about 80% of the money you should match so if you trade james harden to and ben simmons you can't do a like to like because james harden earns way more than ben simmons right now so there will be other players involved and there were other players involved but this was the headline trade james harden and ben simmons were involved in the trade but there are other you know there will be uh, some picks because that's that's the negotiation part of it some draft picks will be exchanged but to match the salaries you you do send some players out Yeah so I'm all about giving people a second chance right so I was skeptical about Aubameyang in uh, coming to Barcelona and now I I wonder what are the Nets doing picking Simmons here I mean like Well they didn't uh, have any choice because Harden clearly said that he was he wanted out he was completely unengaged uh and he clearly said that he wants to go to the Nets so the, the only chance or the only thing they had left was And you I think you mean Nets. 76ers. He wanted to leave to the 76ers, right? Yeah, yeah, he wanted to leave yeah. the Nets to the 76ers. 76ers. Now yeah. the only uh, uh the only option they had was to open the line of uh, contact with uh, uh the Philadelphia 76ers and talk trades because he made it clear that he was not interested in this. So which is why they which is why these days this happening it's happening a lot with their uh, all these star players are holding uh, the the team hostage a little bit. and they are left with no option but to trade the player because if they know once his contract is up he's they're going to lose him for nothing right so it's it's all a leverage game uh so yeah it's it's it's, it's as as good as it is for the social media uh folks it's just awful for the basketball thing i think it's just become uh at least in the uh, off late has just been a musical chairs with star players uh, but you, which is why i really respect somebody like yanis a lot he's seen his fair share of failures but he's, he he just stayed through stayed put and won the championship last year uh, which is which is why i love steph curry which i which is why i love nikola jokic who's one of my favorite players to watch with is denver so yeah i mean uh, all of this business of no i don't want to stay here because 
this is the first problem that i encountered and i don't like x person is just i don't know it's just awful yeah and well i don't have anything more to add to that cuz uh yanis is the man to look up to i think uh, yeah. you i think everyone aspires everyone is a fanboy of uh yanis antetokounmpo yeah. exactly so anyway i think having said that I, we should pro- do you have anything else to add aniket before we close no i just want to i just yeah. want to remind the listeners to write to us uh in the podcast letters or yes that option that we have so write to us with recommendations with thoughts and if you want to talk about something and you feel you can uh, teach us something please reach out let us know we'd love to learn or if you want to participate But, in our episodes please do write to us let's get to the recommendations with this so one of my recommendations is the book the infinite game by simon sinek so it's actually a wonderful uh, book and i always wanted to tell abhinandan this i never had the opportunity but he's actually knowing or unknowingly playing the infinite game with uh, the way he founded news laundry and the value system he's trying to put in place so that's wonderful then my second recommendation is a podcast uh, which i've spoken about earlier but this is the podcast called finding mastery and it's uh, it's run by uh, uh, michael jovey who's a sports performance psychologist and his interview with angela duckworth so angela duckworth is a professor of psychology and neuroscience i think and she has a very famous book on grit which is like a new york bestseller and she basically uh, was one of the first few people to study children and analyze data to isolate what predicts successful people and it was found that it is not talent it is not passion it is not your ability to focus but it is grit your perseverance that actually a person has and this is also closely related to what is called uh uh the oh my god i'm forgetting the word what is uh, marshmallow yeah so it's also called yeah. the marshmallow test right so where uh, kids in stanford were given uh, a marshmallow where they could eat one now or wait for about i think 20 minutes or 2 hours i i don't remember the number but if you waited you would get one more and it was found that these kids were tracked 20 years later and it was found that the most successful were ones who could delay gratification who could actually wait and uh perseverance so she's done a lot of very interesting work on grit and studying how grit impacts people so i would recommend listening to this podcast with michael jervey or reading the book grit both are equally good and the last recommendation is the battle with the of the us women's team to actually get equal pay and this is an article by the new york times awesome great recommendations uh, my recommendation is going to be a news laundry piece on the whole ridhiman saha story Uh, it's a, the headline reads journalist threatens rithiman saha is saha a small pawn in a big bcci fight it is written by chandrashekar luthra i think we should have him on at some point he he's writing for news laundry for now sure. we should probably have him for some uh, cricket related stuff uh, the other uh, recommendation is uh, netflix's drive to survive which is coming up on the 11th of march uh, if you've not seen the first f- uh, three seasons i would highly encourage you to watch it it's a brilliantly produced uh show it's 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 really well put together uh so yeah i'm really look forward to the fourth season because it has been one of the most thrilling seasons so far i'm actually undecided on if i'm going to watch this season or not i loved the first three seasons please don't get it get me wrong 
but this one just because the way the season <laughs> ended yeah. there's this rebellious streak inside me that's still deciding if i should actually watch it or not but oh, i'm going to end up watching sure. it i'm pretty sure i'm yeah. i'm pretty sure i'm going to end up watching it too. i'll watch it for sure i think they're going to leave probably going to leave the worst app in hamilton thing right to the very end but it, but it will be that was made for netflix like exactly that part exactly. was made for the series so yeah it's going to be fun thank uh, mike massey for that um uh but uh yeah that is my final recommendation and the f- obviously my uh, every every t- every time recommendation is subscribe to news laundry pay to keep news free uh, the election coverage is still going on the team of news laundry has been in uh, various states the team is now in up so please go to the uh, website click on the news laundry sign up button and you you can top up uh, the donations there so please please go to newslaundry.com and hit the subscribe button and also hit that newslaundry sign up button bye bye everyone take care until next time and we'll leave you with the song that i ding that features uh, all the indian women athletes wake up in the morning all systems on go cuz i got goals and i won't take no for an answer got the grace of a dancer the heart of a panther i don't understand you if it's in your vocab i cannot quote that i want this so bad i cannot go back i cannot back down i will not give up you versus me huh my only competition is myself that's why i keep some trophies on the shelf never lazy cuz it's bad for my health that i ain't that i ain't but a boom but a thing All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.